You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of The Dean Lounge. Ah, gosh, I just don't like that name very much. I was going to bed last night thinking about what I could name this segment. The Dean Lounge It's just not doing it for me. So I'm going to keep thinking. I'm going to keep coming up with ideas for this, for the name of this. But today, I'm going to talk about a trip that I went on. This is going to be the first uh, first time talking about a specific trip that I've been on. And from here on out, it's going to be a lot of this. I probably will do this like two or three times a month. And then one episode will be something more specific about maybe like photography or, I don't know, drone or traveling cheaply or how to pack without taking a checked bag. I don't really know, but we're going to figure it out as we go. Um, I do have some bad news. Kaylin is at the DMV right now, so she will not be taking part in this episode today. But fret not, I am going to play her role for her. So it's going to be tricky. I am going to uh, just try to try to make lemonade out of lemons with this. Um, but uh, uh, let's get started, I guess, right? So for this first trip I wanted to talk about, it was the trip that I went on that changed my life. And that might sound a little melodramatic, and it probably is, but I went on this trip and after going, after getting back home from this, or even while I was there, honestly, I just, my life changed. It, it opened my eyes to what I wanted to, I, I don't want to say what I wanted to do, because I don't necessarily think that's what I'm doing now, but it opened my eyes to a world of, just traveling and experiencing new things and allowing myself to be alone and be comfortable with being alone, which if you listen to our main podcast, Suckers, there's an episode ways back. I have no idea which one it was exactly, but I talk about how we, so many people these days, we just are not comfortable being alone. We're always around friends or our, our significant others or family and even when we are actually physically alone, we're not actually alone because we're on our phones, on Instagram, on TikTok, on 
all of these social media platforms that allow you to feel less alone. And this is the trip that made me realize that being alone is a good thing. You know, in moderation, as most things are, if you can be consumed by love and family and friends, and then also have the ability to go off and be alone and be happy and enjoy your time with yourself, I think that's an incredible asset to have. And a lot of people are kind of overlooking that in the state of the world today. It's actually something too with, with Kaylin, my wonderful wife, she hasn't really traveled much alone. And after this trip and this experience, it's something I always encourage her to try to do because like I said, it, it helps you better understand yourself and kind of shows you your own capabilities. I, when, when I'm alone, I, I, I start thinking different, not necessarily better, but just different where, you know, I, my, my brain's allowed to just be itself and it's not influenced by other people's motives or desires or actions or anything like that. It's literally just me doing what I want to do thinking what I want to think about. And you, you can't say talking what you want to talk about because I'm not really talking to my, to myself, but I guess I'm talking to random people that I meet. But it's just, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I think it's, it's often overlooked and overshadowed because loneliness is, is, a, is a, a prevalent issue in today's day and age. But being alone doesn't equate to loneliness, in my opinion. Um, so if you're listening to this, you're thinking about traveling, but you don't necessarily have someone to go with, but you want to travel, I say 100%, 100 out of 100 times, go for it. Uh, We'll say 99 out of 100 times, go for it. If you're traveling alone to a dangerous part of the world and maybe you're not comfortable with that, then potentially reconsider. But 99 out of 100 times, if you're thinking about traveling, can't find people to go with you, just bite the bullet. Go alone and, and see how you handle it. Like You'll never know whether you can handle something until you actually get out there and try it. So that's my advice. Let's get to this episode. So this trip I'm referring to is a trip that I took back in November, 2018. So that's what, five and a half years ago at this point? Jeez Louise, Uh, five and a little over a quarter maybe. Years ago at this point, I went to South America And at this point in my life, I had traveled a little bit. I wouldn't say much. I had been to Mexico. Um, I think I had been to like India maybe with my friends. I was going through my camera feed, my camera roll to see when exactly this trip lined up in the the synchronicity of whatever I've done. Um, And I, I think India came before this, which was surprising because I thought that I had gone to India with a little bit more experience, but I guess not. But this was my first ever solo trip. I know that for a fact, at least. And... I went to South America. Uh, my my goal was to get to Torres del Paine in southern Argentina, Patagonia, more or less. And after doing a little bit of research, I found this thing called the W Trek, which is pretty popular in hindsight. It's 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 a lot more popular than I had realized at the time. The W Trek is like it's a fifty mile hike through the Patagonia wilderness in in quite honestly the most beautiful place. I've ever been to in my entire life. And like I said, it changed my life, not only because I went there alone and, and I did all this stuff, stuff myself. I was the only person responsible for myself. But just the beauty down there is unmatched. And I'm staring out my office window right now at a beautiful mountain here in Colorado. And the Colorado mountains are incredible and I love them so much. But 
I don't think anything comes close to Patagonia. It is as good as it gets down there. So what I did was I flew from LA to Buenos Aires, uh, spent a couple days in Buenos Aires, and I had heard from a few people how great that city is. And while I'm not going to say it's not great, I just personally didn't have a great time there. I think I'm just not much of like a city traveler. If I travel somewhere, like let's say I go to Paris or London or I don't know, some other like bigger city, I just don't really ever find myself having that good of a time. And Buenos Aires was no different. I just, I struggle with finding things to do. I'm not really big into like the nightlife scene. I'm not a big foodie, not a big um, drinker. Like I don't, I don't go and, and enjoy a nice glass of wine. I just don't know. I don't have the taste for it. I don't know the difference between good wine, bad wine, good food, bad food. It's all, it's all on the same kind of spectrum of, of middling to me. And when I went to Buenos Aires, everyone was like, you have to try the Malbec. You have to try the, the steak. And it was all good. It was very good. But um, for me personally, it, it was more of a layover than it was a destination for me because it just, I just couldn't, I struggled finding things to do. And um, I might get some plaque for that because it is a beautiful country. It is a beautiful city specifically, but I just personally didn't have a good time. So I'm not really going to dwell on that too much. So then what I did, so I went LA to Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires to Santiago. And what I've kind of noticed is Santiago is kind of like the hub for traveling throughout South America. You can find cheap flights from Santiago to pretty much anywhere in South America for way less than what I would have assumed like, like a Rio or a Buenos Aires would have been more of a hub. And, and they probably are still hubs, but I found that flying out of Santiago was significantly cheaper at the time, at least, than it was flying out of any of those other cities that uh, I, I mentioned earlier. So went to Santiago. I only spent one night there. I will say, after just kind of ragging on city traveling a little bit, that Santiago is pretty awesome. And I only spent one, yeah, I spent maybe like 20 hours there. So not a long time, but it just gave me a better vibe. It's a little bit less busy than Buenos Aires. It's a little easier to navigate as well. It's not quite like Buenos Aires is huge. And Santiago is at least a little bit more manageable. And there's beautiful mountains over to the east. What I really wanted to do from there was travel to Easter Island, which is, I don't know, 500 miles off the western coast of Chile. Um, what I found with that is if you're a Chilean local, you can fly to Easter Island for like 60 bucks. But if you're a tourist, like I was obviously, um, from probably any other country, not just America, it's like $1,000 just to fly that little flight over to Easter Island. And that might be one way. I can't remember if it was a round trip, but it was, it was, it was way out of my budget. It was, it was within my budget, but it was too... It just it didn't feel fiscally responsible for me to go to Easter Island for four hours and then fly back over to, to Santiago. So I didn't actually end up doing that. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. 
Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So what I did was, uh, once I got to Santiago, I realized that there aren't many direct flights that fly into Puerto Natales, which is where like the base camp for the W Trek specifically is. Like that's kind of where most um, tour groups would start you. I didn't use a tour group, but there are like buses that bus you up from Puerto Natales into Pet into uh, Torres del Paine Park. So that seemed like a good place to start. A lot of people will fly into Punta Arenas, which is I want to say like a four hour drive. And then bus over to Puerto Natales those four hours and then start their trek from there. It could be longer than four hours. It could be like eight. I just remember being, it, be, it was long enough to where I didn't want to do it. And the flights into Puerto Natales were, they, they don't fly every day. I think I remember it being like once a week, there was a, or maybe like twice a week, there was a flight down there. And then twice a week, there was a flight back up. So you kind of really had to pick and choose exactly when and where you wanted to go. And I think I gave myself about a week in Puerto Natales. I knew that I wanted to do the W Trek, but I didn't have any um, like campsites booked or anything like that. And if you've been there or you've thought about going there and done some research on it, you'll know that you can't hike through the W without having your campsites booked. They, they don't limit the number of people on the trail per day like some national parks would. Uh, even this one actually on the, the the upper half of the trek, which I did not do. It's the O is what the whole thing would be considered. They only let like 80 people per day on the northern part of that trek. But in the W area, they don't have any limitations. You just have to have your campsites booked. And the booking platform for that is incredibly challenging to navigate. There's two companies that have like one has half of the campsites. The other one has the other half of the campsites. I think it's like uh, CONAF and... Uh, Vertice or something like that. It's hard to navigate because you have to like translate the website from Spanish to English and there's some stuff that's lost in translation. And when you do finally get to the booking page, a lot of this stuff is is booked out. And so unless you're planning like a year or two in advance, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly how to get all that stuff booked. So my plan was to get to Puerto Natales. They have two headquarters there, CONAF and Vertice, and talk to them in person, hope there was some cancellations and just kind of take those bookings. And what's challenging about it is most people do the W from west to east. So you have to kind of book your campsites appropriately and make sure that like, you know, you go chronologically from the first to the second to the third to the fourth. If you if you if you can't make all of those campsites or you have to miss one of them, your your whole trip is kind of shot because you're then either hiking 20 miles in a day, which is totally doable, just not necessarily ideal. Or like you're just going to go up there, camp at that campsite, wander around that area, and then return back to Puerto Natale. So I got there on a, let's say I got there on a Monday. First thing I did was go into the shops and, and get the campsites booked. And luckily, three days from then, so like let's say on a Thursday, there was a campsite that was able to be booked. Um, it wasn't Gray's. Gray's is kind of like maybe the most popular campsite because there's a huge glacier over there. Um, up in the mountains, that's where the pass is that you come in through the O from. So a lot of people like Gray's the most. Unfortunately, I couldn't book Gray's. But what I was able to do was book, um, what was the first one I stayed at? Pine Grande, which is the one that's like directly after Gray's. And then from Pine Grande, I was able to book uh, Frances and then Central from there. So it's three nights, four days. What you do is then they also give you a ferry ticket because you take the bus into the park and then you have to take a ferry through, um, I can't remember the name of the lake, like Pehoe Lake or something like that. 
And then that brings you up to like the bottom left side of the W and then you hike up into Grace, stay the night in Grace, ideally. And then you hike back down the same trail that you just came and then you continue on the W from there. So I wasn't able to get Grace, which was a big bummer and something I regret. And it's actually something I've wanted to go back to and try to book the O. But like I said, I'm having trouble booking those campsites. It's so much easier when you get there, but you are rolling the dice because you might not be able to get the campsites that you need. And it's just one of those things where it's like, if, it, if you can't get it, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to be doing for the next week. And there are interesting things to do there. There's like a natural history museum with the Mylodons, which is like a giant sloth that used to roam around in that area back in the, I don't know, prehistoric or Mesozoic days or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, other sites to be seen while you're down there. Just if you're going to do it, you're going to probably want to rent a car, which is what I did. And highly recommend that for while you're trying to kill some time. So I was able to get Pine Grande booked for Thursday, Francis booked for Friday, and then Central booked for Saturday night. So I had three nights to cover 50 miles, which is kind of a lot. And at the time, I hadn't really done much backpacking. So this is not only my first solo trip, but my first solo backpacking trip. And the nice thing about it is there is some infrastructure there. So like I didn't need to bring a sleeping bag or a tent or anything like that because they have campsites there. And the reservations I was able to book included a tent and a sleeping bag and a meal for, I think I got like dinner and breakfast or maybe just dinners actually, because they, they'll, they'll cook for you at most of these campsites too. But you also have to book that in advance as well. So something to consider, it did lighten your load. You know, like if you're, I don't have to carry my 60 liter with me and with my, with all that stuff in it. Um, I just brought like nuts and dried fruit that you can buy in town pretty easily and for, for pretty cheap as well. So Took the ferry in to Pine Grande and hiked up to Gray's to at least see it. So that, you know, added a bit of mileage to my trek as well. So I hiked up to Gray's, literally looked at it for, I don't know, five minutes tops. And I kind of had to turn around quick because the hike from there to the next campsite was, oh, wait, no, actually, I didn't stay at Pine Grande. I think I stayed all the way at Francais. Did I? I can't remember exactly what I did. But I do remember having to hike through another campsite to get to where I needed to go, making my first day even longer, which is not ideal. Um, but that first day is amazing. The bus takes you in super early in the morning, probably like 6 or 7 a.m. is when it leaves. And then it's an hour or so drive to the park. And then the boat is about an hour. Um, so you have some time to like take it all in. It's the the Patagonia clothing brand company. This is where they got their logo from. I'm sure you know that, obviously, if you're familiar with the area at all. So I took the the ferry over, did all that hiking. And then um, from there on the second day, I hiked up into the Britannico lookout, which is kind of like the middle upper part of the W. And it's amazing. You're hiking through these valleys with mountains surrounding you. The most, like I said earlier, the most beautiful mountainscapes you'll ever see in your entire life, mountains surrounding you. You're, you're passing a lot of people because it's a pretty busy trail but you're still fully alone, at least in my case. And so you never felt unsafe. There is like a, a pretty decent Puma population out there, which is like South America's version of the mountain lion that we have here in North America. And so you kind of are on edge about that. But what I've realized is like, as long as there's a lot of other people around, the, the chance of an encounter is pretty small. Like they're only going to be seen when they want to be seen. And unless you're doing something like so stupid, you're not really going to get attacked by one. Not to say that the chances are zero, because I think there have been some Puma attacks down there, but 
very, very, very unlikely. So went up to the Britannica lookout, which was, uh, I was kind of on the fence about it because you don't need to go up there to, to do the trek complete. Well, to complete it, I guess you would. But the main event comes at the end when you see the towers. But I did it anyways. 100% worth it. Pretty easy day relative to some of the other ones because it was, you know, the, it's not super long and there's a little bit of vert to gain, but not bad. Not bad at all. Um, hike back down and then on the bottom right of the W, you're kind of hiking alongside the lake that you, I think the, that's the one that you take the ferry over in. But either way, you're kind of like waterside for most of it. So water on your right, mountains on your left. There, I remember there were like these huge, beautiful condors flying over occasionally, not the entire time, obviously. But it was just, it was, I can't, I'm, I'm trying my best to like explain how amazing it is. And anything I say will not be good enough because it literally was so stinking amazing. Um, then the, I think I met a, I think he was an Italian guy, an Italian kid. He was probably like 20 years old. Just an absolute beast of a hiker, like so strong, so fast, never got tired. And I met him at one of the campsites. And the next day he was like, yeah, I'm going to go all the way to the towers tomorrow. But from where we were, it was like 15 miles. And I was like pretty sore. I got these new hiking shoes that I absolutely hated. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to come with you and see what happens. And so I go with him. He, it's, it's nice hiking with people that are faster than you because it forces you to kind of be faster and not take less breaks. And when I'm hiking alone, I, I'm like, I'll take any excuse I can to like sit down for a little bit and just chill. So we hiked super fast. Uh, the last little push from what would it be kind of like central but not quite because you kind of like veer up before it but the the last push up to the towers of Torres del Paine the base de las Torres lookout I think is what it's called is pretty challenging it's steep it's loose in areas um pretty rocky and it's just it's it's challenging to get up there especially when you're already pretty tired but once you get over that, that crest and into the little, what would you call it? Not like a valley, but you're, you're, you're basically like in this alpine lake surround, well, not surrounded, but the, in front of you are these three massive granite, I want to, I want to call them granite towers. And it's, it's every picture that someone would post from this area has those towers in it. It's the most breathtaking place in the entire world. When I was up there, it was kind of busy. Like there's maybe like 80, 85 people up there. Um, all hikers, the only way to access it is by hiking. Some people just take the bus in, hike up, hike down, take the bus back down to Puerto Natales. But um, obviously if you wanted to get the full experience, you're like, you got all your stuff with you. There were like, you know, families doing day trips up there. Is, I guess the point I'm trying to make. But it it's it's just mind blowing. It, like I said, nothing I say can can encapsulate how incredible it is up there. The so the whole trek took me four days. Maybe was it three days? I might have done it in two nights. I can't remember. But anyone can do it. Like sure, there are certain limitations, but if you can walk, you could do this hike. It it, it just might take you a little bit longer, but that's kind of the nice thing. You're on your own schedule, especially without a tour guide. You can wake up early, get to the um, next campsite late since it was almost summer solstice there in South America in the Southern hemisphere, the days would last until, you know, you'd have sun until 10 PM cause you're pretty far South down there. So you, you can, like I said, you can take your time, you can go slow. I'm not an early riser. Typically I would say like my earliest start is 
10 a.m. on a good day. And, you know, you, you have a lot of people starting at like 6 a.m. So that way they can be done hiking before probably like at between lunch and dinner, which is a pretty good way to do it. Always the best practice to get started early. That way, if there's any complications or bad weather, you can just kind of lean on the fact that you have a lot of time to get to wherever you're going. So, yeah, that I mean, the W is it's unbelievably breathtaking. It I'm so glad that I like randomly stumbled upon it. I don't even remember how I found it. I. I think I, I knew someone that had been down there or something. So it, it like piqued my interest a little bit. And then I started doing some research on it and looking at maps. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is cool. It should be fun, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then getting down there and seeing it in person, like I said, it's 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 life changing. It changed my life for the better. So um, I can't recommend that area of the world enough. The food. It's funny. I was kind of talking of crap about not being a big foodie. The food down there is amazing. It's it's affordable um it's it it's high quality as far as i could tell you want like your american comfort foods they'll have you know some some hamburger shops there's some pizza joints that are pretty good um i'm trying to think of of other important information that i can at least divulge but the town of puerto natales is is incredible and the three nights i spent there two or three nights whatever it was that i spent there it felt like i could have spent more time in that town for how small it is. It's it's a tiny, tiny town. You can drive from one end to the other in less than 10 minutes, maybe like five or seven minutes. So it's not big, um, but there's a lot to do. Not only just like driving around, seeing the sights, but eating and, and just kind of roaming. I don't know. There's a lot of cute little stray dogs that'll come up to you and they're super friendly. I don't know how safe they are to pet in terms of like diseases and stuff, but they're they're awesome as well. So keep that in mind. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected, and another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives, and not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives, and and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So, I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. 
Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then I made it back to Puerto Natales in time, flew out of the airport the next day, back up to Santiago. And just something about being out there, being alone, knowing that you can travel to a place you've never been and do something you've never done and succeed. I think that's really what was the turning point for me, to know that I can take care of myself, I guess, in a way. Whereas, like, you know, I don't need to bank on someone else booking a reservation or planning an itinerary, like doing that all on my own and realizing that I like it more a, and I won't die. B is, is a very freeing concept, but yeah, that's the W track. I can't remember, uh, pricing wise. I have some stuff on my blog about how much it cost me to get down there, how much it costs for the campsites. The campsites were probably more expensive than you think they, they would be. And, and more than they should be, honestly. But um, I want to say it was like 60 bucks a night and then like 20 bucks for a dinner. So not bad, but definitely not super cheap when it comes to camping. 
Um, the flights were more affordable than I bet you think, because that Puerto Natales flight, like since it's so infrequent, you would think it'd be really expensive, but it actually, if you catch it at the right time, you can get a pretty good deal. I want to say it was like 200 bucks from Santiago. So not bad at all. And yeah, I stayed at a hostel in Puerto Natales. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, this is what I wanted to mention too. Before you go on the hike, before you make it up into Patagonia or into Torres del Paine, and you're, maybe you have some extra time in Puerto Natales, there's a place called Erratic Rock. And what they'll do is they'll kind of brief you on everything, what to expect when you go up and do the W. So they'll tell you like weather conditions for the next week or how to navigate if you get lost, like certain things that you would probably overlook otherwise, unless you're experienced, which I was not. Um, they'll just, they'll, they'll fill you in on a lot of things that might be missing. It's like an hour long free um, lecture of sorts where they'll just kind of brief you and give you information, let you ask questions. Um, and so if you're there and you have you know, a day before you start your hike, go to erratic rock. Trust me, it is a hundred percent worth your time. And, you know, I'm not a bit, I'm not, I'm not super good at just like making new friends randomly out in the wilderness, but it's a good way to get connected with other people who are hiking around the same time as you. And, you know, let's say you hit it off with someone, you guys become friends, then you guys could hike together if that's what you wanted to do too. Uh, on the bus there, uh, I made a couple of friends that we hiked up to Gray's, but they stayed there. So I, I hiked down separately. But Erratic Rock, can't recommend it enough. I'm pretty, it's got to still be there. There's no way that it's not there anymore. But definitely worth your time. And yeah, that's that's my W check experience. I, whenever anyone asks, like, I'll have friends reach out to me occasionally. Like, hey, I've got, you know, two weeks off from work in, in January. Where should I go? And they'll give me a list of places. Sometimes Patagonia's on it. And if it ever is, I say, don't even consider any other options. If you haven't been there, that's where you should go. Like that is the best place to go. So I hope that helps uh, maybe encourage you to go down there and try it out and, and, and see if you like it for yourself. At the very least, I hope it encourages you to, to consider traveling alone. It'll probably be a recurring theme at this point on this podcast because I, I have done a fair amount of solo trips and um, they're usually the ones that I come back from the most happy because just from my experience with them. But that's it. That's the W Trek. LA to Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires to Santiago, Santiago to Puerto Natales. And then you just kind of figure it as you go. It, I will say too, it's nice to not have a schedule, like a, a strict schedule where it, it's stressful in the sense where you, you might not get the campsites or the reservations that you want, but to be able to fly by the seat of your pants and change things as they develop and, you know, I guess like be dynamic is it's nice because there's no pressure, there's no stress. Um, if things go wrong, <laughs> if things go wrong, it's nice because you can be like, well, well this is still fun. And like, what did I expect anyways? Like, of course things were going to go wrong when I didn't have anything planned. So um, that's kind of the mentality that I've taken with traveling is just like get there and see what happens. And most op more often than not, at least it, it turns into a positive experience. Uh, that, like I said, that'll be a recurring theme. You'll, you'll hear me talk about that a lot in some other trips as well of like me just going to a place with zero idea of what to do or who I'm going to see or what that place even is. And then it ends up being some of my favorite trips. So that's going to do it for this episode. Um, sorry for not, uh, editing in Kaylin's voice as much as I had hoped to, but I guess I was just rambling. My coffee's hit me pretty hard. So, uh, be sure to tune in next week. It's going to be a continuation of this trip. I wanted to keep I wanted to keep the W Trek separate because, like I said, it's magical. And I actually returned a couple years later 
uh, that I'll talk about as well. I didn't do the W, but I did some other things down there. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for next week's episode where maybe we suck just a little bit less. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.